Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I got a time with music. Just just the just the editor and me trying my best. But yes, welcome to another edition of Travis Told You. The second edition of the full-time run. You know, I was gonna say for the rest of the year. I don't know. I, I said that last week. We'll see how it goes. That's not exactly how it is, but so far it's going well. 
Uh, but I hope everyone's doing well. I guess I'm recording this on a Sunday. I hope everyone's doing well on a Monday, Tuesday, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you watching. My, what did I just share there? Oh, that's, <laughs> I shared something from a charity stream a few uh, years ago. Jeez. I don't actually know why we still have that. Um, oh, my hair. It's just a mess. So as I will, I'm not sure. Let's see. I guess after nine, I will apologize. Uh, <coughs> There you go. I will apologize. If you heard me past couple days, I have been sick, so the voice is a little meh. Uh, you might get the occasional cough. I got some water. I'm messing up and stuff like that. I feel like I'm at least on the upswing, which is good. Energy's a lot better. Yesterday was the worst day. It was just when you wake up and your head's booming and you can't do anything, it was, oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so it kind of sucked. It kind of ruined the weekend for me because it, I've mentioned this a few times. The weekend was just myself and my dog, the ladies, uh, my uh, my lady, Emily, uh, the wife. She, every year, her and her friends get together and go to the cabin her parents own. I just like to get their high school friends to get together. So I was like, oh, man, while they're gone, I can do this. I go to the gym. I can go see the menu, which I'll talk about in a bit, which I didn't see. I go get lunch with my sister, all this sort of stuff. And um, it just didn't happen because I was just bedridden. But the good thing is I started to feel bad on the Friday. So on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, my hope is by Monday I'm pretty good because I feel like I feel like if I can get sick on the weekend, then I can just rest. As long as there's nothing to do, I can just rest, bedridden, medicine it up. That's all I need. It's that when you get sick in the middle of the week, that's when it sucks. Because I feel like there's always a tipping point of, okay, you're sick, and then you can get worse or better. And I feel like I was at that point on Friday where, okay, I'm off. I can get better and just like rest a little bit and everything like that but yeah i guess it fuck my name is travis snail i'm the green ranger today yeah this is travis told you this is my solo show where i just talk about some news anything i may miss i don't think i talked about anything i think geez you can go check out i was on three things you can go check out the gua monthly chat you could go check out the uh after nine or you go check out the vodka stream anything that i missed last week i kind of talked about then and now i got my topics for today so we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff but yeah so i'm a little under the weather you may hear so if I have to sneeze or I have to blow my nose something, you'll get a nice starting soon. I have to, I keep saying this, I will soon create a be right back photo. I got the starting soon, so I need a be right back photo for these solo casts, right? But um, yeah, so it's it was a fun week other than the getting sick part. It was a fun weekend because still I'll talk about some of the movies I saw and whatnot as far as, okay, I was sick. That was a bummer, especially the gym. The gym is what I really, because the gym, that's the hardest thing to do in my life, and I do have stuff at home, so that's what I do. But the gym I like to go to, but that that's just hard to plan around, especially during winter. So that was a bummer, but whatever. Um, as usual, head down to links below, and that has everything you need to know about what we do here, our audio, our video, uh, our separate feeds, our podcast network, which has eight shows, um, our Patreon, which you get episodes ad-free, ad-free, exclusive, and early. You can vote on certain things. You can join After Night, which was a very fun one this week. We had a good uh, yeah, had a good number of people. Actually, the last two have been, uh, like, we've had a few people, which is, it's always fun. It's great catching up with the patrons. We really appreciate because they support us, and it's just now... God, we're coming on. I don't know when we started this after nine concept, but it's just I just know everybody so well, and it's fun to get be able to catch up with them and talk with everybody. And it was a good time. The last half an hour, fourth minutes, just de- uh, developed into letterbox comparing and stuff like that, which is par for the course at the end of the year. Maybe uh, next one's gonna be Christmas themed. So 
I, I I love doing those shows. Like I said, that's usually my favorite time of the month when we can get the people joining. If it just ends up just being me and the guys, oh, it's still a fun time. But, you know, I talk to those fuckers every day, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, this week, look out for lots of stuff on SideQuest. I think, uh, yeah, my hair, that's what I was talking about. It just has no, like, it just looks like a wig right now because I didn't get to get it cut because I was sick. Um what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, uh, this week there's multiple Call of Duty reviews for the game and Warzone. Uh, the, the holiday special is going to be happening. Knives Out's happening. So there's lots of good stuff happening this week. You want to subscribe, and we really appreciate that. And also for Christmas, if you want to spread the love, go over to Manscaped and use the podcast code GVPod to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Great gift. You want to do that right now. Anything you do supporting our sponsors and specifically our Patreon that comes right back to us. So we really appreciate that. So uh, let's start. This is one I've been wanting to talk about the whole week once I saw that rumor and everything like that. Oh, Asbub says the menu was amazing. High recommend it. I'm, uh, I'm excited too because I feel like, um, and we'll talk about that in the box office part, I feel like no one on my timeline seen it but you, Asbub. So that's a good thing. And because I feel like you meet, we don't have the exact tastes, but we have like similar enough where like, S Buzz is a person where I know okay, if he likes it. I always joke about this. I do I mean no disrespect. And she would say the same about me. Like Katie from Star Wars Alliance. I think she knows if I hate a movie, she might like it, and vice versa. There's rarely any time where I respect Katie's opinion and she's a great host. And I'm happy to have her on the podcast network. But I know we do not align <laughs> in movie tastes like whatsoever. For the most part. There's occasional, like I know like Dark Knight Trilogy she loves and I do too and stuff like that. But for the most part, like you know like rise skywalker she absolutely fucking loves and then empire's her last rank star wars movie you know that's where i'm like we're on completely different spectrum so at least i think of s bubs is liking it i'm excited to see it i'm hoping to see it this week but it is a busy week so if not i'm gonna wait till vod i'll wait till the quick hits because i've been catching up on some other things so i also agree that when i see her letterbox rating uh, oh with hers yeah no there's there's some wild stuff there so no and there's just lots of there's lots of good little movies i shouldn't say little but just the more story driven independent or smaller budget movies happening right now because we got knives out and then we got avatar but for the most part like this violent night we were talking about on after nine where it's smaller movies but the movies like the whale i can't wait to fucking see like babylon all those opinions so it's a fun time but there's a lot of movies that at least for the podcast, it's not like a, I gotta see it day one for the review. It's like, okay, I can get to the menu. I might review eventually, but nothing that was never gonna pull like mega numbers or something. So I wasn't like, oh my God. But speaking of mega numbers, I guess let's talk about the Batman. So the Batman, this is kind of a twofer. So I'm, I'm kind of folding them into one topic, but we'll talk about what Zazoff said and a little bit about the four, three Batmans, and then we'll talk about this rumor. So um this had come out earlier this week and this is why i do on travis told you because uh you know if i did on geek first i'd just be explaining who hush is and i will explain like eventually have to explain that to the gv listeners or sorry the gv hosts and stuff like that but my hope is that we do a comic version to bring that back and actually read hush but there is a rumor that uh film odyssey had put out that he had heard he did like an ama like a q a and stuff like that and he's a scooper i'd say like he's like a higher c i wish there was like an in between because we got c minus c and c plus i guess that's three variations but i'd say a higher c but he's not perfect and he's doing this thing where he's like deactivating his account I, i'm assuming he's a he i think he said he before in january so he's just like doing a bunch of like letting scoops go and yet and all this stuff so um he's just saying stuff that maybe he wouldn't say before because he's just kind of burning scorched ground i don't think uh, yeah c.5 exactly as bubs um i think that 
so he had said this and then later on in the week someone else had also and i can't remember for life me it was another c tier but someone else had also said this now could they just be going off film odyssey's thing or do they also know that information i don't know there is no script of course i was talking about this with clay from uh gua but it's like at the same time you imagine that matt reeves when he pitched the batman said the riddler and then gave his pitch right so the rumor going around right now is that it's hush good old tommy elliott and i'm very interested with this rumor because obviously if you don't know in the batman his father was a character in the batman and you also had the words hush if you don't know this at all because some people don't they just see the movie and they listen to review and move on stuff like that even i, I can't remember if we shout out in our review but uh, the person that wrote the story, spoilers for the Batman, that wrote the story about, you know, Martha and Thomas Wayne and their ties to Arkham, how Martha, like, went to Arkham Asylum, all that stuff, that was Tommy Elliott's dad. And then that reporter gets murdered, and there's, like, a big flash where it, like, has the article and almost in, like, blood, it's written, like, hush, like, hush money, right? But that's in a sense where I, there's a i won't say a lot but a good enough feel that oh that's the setup he's going to be uh the bad guy for the batman 2 and i didn't like go for sure like no absolutely not i just thought okay that's like a tip of the hat that's an easter egg right so i wasn't a for sure no that's not gonna happen but i also wasn't for sure like yeah that's gonna happen but now if this is the route and it it's I don't want to say a full-on believe it yet because these are like still lower tier ones, but we're starting to get whispers, right? And to me, that's always the biggest thing as far as the Batman is, okay, you got his journey and we know what his journey is going to be as far as, you know, being a bit more hopeful, rearing back on the vengeance, but still being that dark defender and everything like that. And we, we've heard like, okay, he might create his version of bruce wayne all that stuff but then it does come down to okay who's the villain and it's not so much for me it's not like oh i care about the villain more than batman it's just more a sense of okay once we get the villain we kind of know the story as far as or just aspects of okay what are they hitting right with the joker and dark like once you had batman begins and you got joker you have an idea of what that's going to be once we heard bane and even no one say that you go okay it's going to be a bit more of a physical adversary so which hush, and that's where I'll bring up Matty Say's question from Patreon. You can go there and send questions for any newscast, which Travis told you, the Weekly Geek or just the regular Geekers podcast. He says, although I'm sure Hush would make a great villain, I also think it might feel too similar to Riddler in the first film. In a sense, having a villain with a personal vendetta against Bruce Wayne throughout the film. Thoughts? I think you are right, but I think there's a few ways you can twist it. I think there there is a there is a risk of being too samesy with that. The same way when anyone pitches Court of Owls, I go, to me, I feel like that's too samesy of the first one. Because the first one, it's not, you might go, what do you mean? There's no secret society. No, but the whole film is built upon, okay, these people went away, but there's this big lie why, um, was it, uh, Maroney got arrested and all this stuff and who was La Rata, or Rata Lata and stuff like that. And it ended up being Falcone and it was, okay, he secretly, like, departed, right? He's, like, a, uh, an informant, all this stuff. So it's, like, the whole movie was, oh, this lie goes so deep in Gotham, it'll shake it to its core. Like, Court of Owls is different because no one knows about really other than a few people, and Bruce discovers it, and then, alas, here you go. But I just think also with Court of Owls, that is a story where you need a seasoned Batman. A Batman that's only been around for two years? No, that's the whole point of Court of Owls is, Batman's been around forever. He feels like he knows the city front to back. And the fact that there's a secret society hidden, it kind of takes him aback and go, man, 
maybe I'm not as great as a detective as I thought because I never knew about this place. So that's where I feel like in year two, it doesn't have that impact. And it also was something similar to the first one. So Hush, I could see that. But I think what you have is, and what I've always thought they should do is, again, speaking of Bane, we've never really had... To, we've, to me, we've never really had a villain where they know the identity of Bruce Wayne and throughout the whole film that is used against them. Now, in Bane, he knew that, you know, because uh, Ra's al Ghul and the League of Assassins, or League of Shadows, I can't remember what they were called in that one. I, I think they were League of well, I can't remember. Someone let me know in the chat in the Dark Knight trilogy. I can't remember which one they went with. But either way, the big thing was, oh, almost spilt on my water. Uh <laughs> Oh, excuse me. The big thing was, okay, they know who they are, so they can go to Wayne Tech and kill, you know, that and take all the gear and yet da 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 da. But it didn't really factor in like Batman still like Bruce still went there as Batman to fight Bane and it just happened to be like, Oh, I know who you are and then that gave some other things, right? Okay, so there you go. Uh, in Riddler and Batman Forever, he knows his identity, and it does factor in near the end. But again, it's not a it's not used throughout. They find it out, and then they just kidnap some people. What I thought is, if you were to have a villain from the get go that knows that Batman is Bruce, which they have done with Hush many times, that he knows the identity, whether he figures out. There's one point he goes in a Lazarus pit, and he has like this moment of clarity. I think the two things that can make it different than Riddler is make him know that that is Bruce Wayne, use it against him the whole time, and I think that also fits with Bruce if he's becoming more of a personality, like trying to create that persona. If you have a guy fucking with him at the same time, that makes it extremely hard, right? Max said, says, I also think that Jason Todd part of Hush before they retconned it into really being him needs Robin just to show Tommy Elliott would go to hurt Bruce. Um, I don't know if it'd work out at this point since he's still too new. Yeah, I and I think that some of the rumors have said this, and I agree with this, where I don't think I know people be like, oh, Passon's Batman. He'd be perfect to have Robin. Just uh, because that scene of him like with the kid. I just, again, think it's too early. I think, uh, I hope we get there, and I hope whatever they do with the DCU Batman, whether it is Affleck, which sucks because, well, the good thing with Flash is they could change that, right? Like, Robin is dead. He's alive now and stuff like that, whether it's Dick Grayson, Jason Todd. Playing Gotham Knights, that's one of the things where I want to get to the Bat family. There's so much potential there that we've not touched live action at all. Titans aside, which did not touch the potential. But in the movies, I think there's so much. But I think that's more for the DCU Batman, whether it's Affleck or the recast. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so with this, is one, you get him to know Bruce. And I think that's the way to go. Two, as far as, like, I guess this is not exactly. But, like, it fits with all the people they're setting up. Riddler's in the story. Catwoman's in the story. And if you don't know, and this is, like, minor spoilers for Batman Hush. So, you can skip ahead if you want to, but it's just to make my point where I think this really fits Passons Batman. Uh, that was, I don't know if it was the first time, but to me, that was the biggest time. I was reading it. Uh, no, I guess, how did I read it? I can't remember. I read it issue by issue, but I don't think I read it when it came out. I just can't remember if I had the buy. I can't remember, but I, I didn't read it as one big graphic novel. Maybe I just read it over time. I wasn't reading it while it was live um, or, you know, releasing at the time. Uh, that to me was the biggest and maybe the best done moment of Selena and Bruce finding out, you know, their secrets and, you know, you're 
Bruce Wayne, you're Selena Kyle, yeah, da, 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 da. And there's this whole thing where it looks like they're going to make it out. They look like they're going to be together. And there's this constant theme throughout the book where characters say hush, and that's a tip off of, oh, shit, they're working with hush or they're with hush, and Bruce doesn't trust them. At the end of the story, they've been through the shit. They look like they're happy. They look like they're actually about to get it on. Like It looks like, man, Bruce and Selena might make it. They know each other's secret. They're in love. They can do this. And then she, in a conversation, just says the word hush to him, like in a whisper. And they leave it, which I think they've kind of answered that she wasn't with hush. They leave it as like, was she with hush? Was she not? But to me, the more semblance of that story is she says that and Bruce freaks the fuck out. Bruce is like, he pushes her aside and like he can't trust her. And Selena kind of realizes, like, okay, he thinks I might be with Tommy Elliott, working with Tommy Elliott. It's not going to work out here. And they leave. And to me, it's more her leaving to be like, eventually he's going to realize he's a fucking idiot and he made a mistake. But to me, that fits Patterson's Bruce Wayne. Like, he could be completely in love with Selena, but one word he would snap and realize, or he would think that she's against him. And I think that would be great i think Passon can do that and i think that fits his batman because he feels just uh a bit more paranoid than the rest so that dynamic's good the second dynamic that i think you can make it different than riddler now you did have literally a photo of them as kids together right in that orphanage announcement i think what you can do is have that personal connection and uh, it's going to be different though, right? Because in the comic books at times, they were friends when they were kids. They didn't really give that semblance as far as in the Batman, the writer. It wasn't like, oh, that was the dad of, you know, my friend. But they could just rework that and put that in there. Bruce just maybe didn't talk about that at that point, right? Maybe that's why it's even more darker because he killed the dad of one of his friends. Now, Tommy Elliot, like, in the comics, lots of times, it's. Uh, looked at like oh it's something tragic things happened to his parents but he's maybe the response or responsible for some of that right um i think you could play up them having some sort of dynamic as children i think that's a different word riddler of like okay riddler was the jealous looking at him from afar being like oh you know the orphan billionaire how sad this to me is different because you could have one a connection between the villain and the hero of not just hey bad guy good guy and two you could use that again with what i talked about the earlier bruce wayne stuff for him to know him mess with him stuff like that and then being friendly as kids could maybe tip him off to that's why bruce is batman he knows that and stuff like that right so I think there's lots of things you could do with Hush, and I think that's the I think that's the best. I won't say the best route to go because there's lots of routes, but I think with the world they're setting up, it's a one of the top tier routes to go. Even if Film Odyssey had said like, "Hey, I'm not hearing anything about Mister Freeze," same thing to me. Freeze, Court of Owls, like I just didn't believe any of these. They just felt like too fantastical again anybody other than clayface which i still think there's a way you can do that non-fantastical we've not heard rumors of anybody in that sort of sense right and i just think that's the world that they're creating very much like nolan and stuff like that right and then i think that this would literally make it so joker is the third villain in batman because i feel like he's introduced he's in there for a reason i think there's a chance he's in the arkham show has a scene in batman 2 without batman 2 the batman hush whatever they want to call it but I think that sets them up for a third, which so many people pitch, right? Of like, oh, you gotta leave the Joker to third, Joker third. Sure, like, like, I don't really care. As long as it's a good Batman Joker story, sure, I don't care when you do it. I don't even care if you do it in the sequel because people go, oh, it's just like the Dark Knight. But if the story dictates it, then do them, right? So uh, that's like our first ad break, and then we're just gonna be talking back quickly about some Batman news with Zaslav and the four Batmans. We'll be right back. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. So, and the other point of this story was, or this week, Zaslav was in a call or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but he had said like, oh, once the DCU plans are made, uh, there's not going to be like four Batman running around or four Batman films and stuff. And this also is in the mix of James Gunn. He's on Twitter. He's talking about these rumors and stuff like that and Henry Cavill rumors, which there's a Henry Cavill thing that was put up by the rap. It really did nothing because it was like, although a writer and director haven't been found, there's also no deal yet. And they just kind of made it sound like, oh, there's nothing in the works. And it's like, well, one, I, I just don't fully believe it because I feel like things are in the work. Like they made it sound like there's no plan. And yeah, there's no plan because like, gun and uh saffron are creating the plan he literally confirmed that he's like in two months in january they're going to present to warner brothers what they think is the best route to go with these characters so they would not give cavill any contracts or plans yet you know like it, it felt very strange and i said this on vodka stream where i think it's just they're running these articles because they only know there's so few amount of times that's why with us when we there's rumors stuff like that you got to tackle them right away because you know not to sound shitty but like let's say okay let's say for example the rumor later on i'm going to talk about chang tatum as uh, maybe that's a bad example just one that's further if you have a rumor you do want to pour on because in two weeks from now it could be dead and it could be nothing so it's like the chance that you could have had listen to monetize that is gone because it's been disproven that's how i feel about these cavill things the four batmans i think it was just a term of phrase i know people are having the joke about like you can't do numbers and well not four but five like i think that you will have and people freaking out i don't think you're gonna have the batman join dcu even though i had a fucking nightmare about that last night i had a nightmare that uh reeves i woke up to a bunch of notifications and that's how I literally had to wake up at 6 a.m. and check my phone because it felt like I, in the dream, I woke up, I checked my phone, and notifications were Matt Reeves announces uh, Rod Pass will be replaced in the Batman 2, and he's going to go be the DC Batman. That was legitimately my dream. Then when I woke up, I scrolled through, like, okay, good, not real. But that's not happening. They're separate. And I don't know, like, I'm not saying Passam wouldn't want to do that, but I just feel like they have a distinct journey here. And the other thing is, oh, is, you know, Matt Reeves and Gunn and Trouble, or Matt Reeves and Passon and that trilogy in trouble. I didn't believe that because they just signed him to a first look deal. Zazoff multiple times has brought up the Batman and stuff like that as a success. I think the best way to do this is, I one, you got to find out if Affleck is on board or not. And I honestly, again, what I've said before, I don't want him just to be cameo guy. I've said this many times where I like Affleck. He's a great Batman. There's some writing choices I don't like, but I think he performs it well. And Bruce Wayne. Um, I think that if he's just going to be, if if they're making a Justice League movie and he is a full-on member, like Danny was in the Avengers later on, but not doing a solo movies, that's fine. Yeah, sure. I could just take him in just Justice League or team-ups like a, uh, like a two-hander like Civil War. That's fine. But if it's always the level of what he's going to do in Flash, Aquaman, kind of like what Downey did in Homecoming, stuff like that, I don't want that. With a DC Batman, you need to commit. And I think with those two options, that's all up to Affleck. I really do think – because they're not rebooting. They're clearly not rebooting, right? So they got to figure out that. And I think the best route to do is – 
let's say if it's Affleck or if they recast, have him be a supporting player in movies, Justice League, etc., and wait to do a solo Batman when Matt Reeves' trilogy is done. You can completely do that. I think that's the thing where I know people go, oh, you know, it sucks maybe if they want to do the Batman in the DCU, but you have the successful franchise over here, you're kind of stuck with it. Kind of, but at the same time, it gives you time where you can flush out other characters while this Batman adventure is going on, but then you have your Batman and the, you know, team up. So I still think that's the plan. I still think they know that's a moneymaker. At the time where you look at other movies where, okay, Suicide Squad opened in the pandemic, so we don't know how it really would have done. You know, Black Adam, we'll have to see how Shazam does, but I think Shazam is going to do about the same as the first, if not lower, to just throw away and go, hey, because we want him in the DC Connected Universe, uh, the DCU, that movie that's almost $800 million, let's scrap that franchise. No, I think right now, with fair in the sense of, okay, that's a, at least a moneymaker. We know that's going to happen. Let's let's keep on that. Because let's say let's say it's not Affleck. Let's say they recast Affleck. They do a solo film. And it just doesn't do as well. And you go, fuck. Like, ma- like, imagine that thing where they can't come to agreements. The Batman 2 and 3 are canceled because they want to do a DCU thing, right? They do that. They put out Batman DCU movie. And it makes like a 500, 400 million. I don't think that would happen. But let's say if it did or made less than the Batman, you go, uh, you know, should we have done it this route? So... I still think that's the plan as far as have a crossover Batman and then have a, a singular Batman and then when the time comes, you can give him a soul venture. And I, I hope that they do narrow down Affleck. They're not rebooting, so it could have that continuity. I am curious because not to spoil the Flash, it's just the case of what we've heard about Affleck and Keaton. It's a very interesting situation, and I know people go, well, Keaton's not going to be the DCU Batman, but it's like if these rumors are true of like after the movie, Keaton's still around in the DCU, like – then what does that mean? Like, how do you get him out of there after you've reset everything? That I don't know, but I'm uh, just excited to see that. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on with DC. The good thing is James Gunn said, like, you'll know not too distant future. Now, that could be three months. He's saying, oh, that's not too distant. But still, I Gunn, all the stuff he's doing is fantastic. It's great. Um, I wonder how long he'll go on because he's answering scoops and stuff and said, like, hey, people reporting about DCU rumors and Batman, unless they, he literally said, unless they have a wiretap to me and Peter's phone, they don't know shit. So that's why literally right now, I'd say until about February, all these DC rumors you're going to hear, take them with a huge grain of salt. Will I talk about them? Absolutely. And to me, like the Hush Batman one, that makes more sense because that was prior to James Gunn, right? But as far as the DCU stuff, definitely buckle up and wait. And I'm excited to see what they do. And I love everything that Gunn is doing with his account and going out there. I don't know how long or how much longer he's going to do it, but it's a smart idea. So speaking of smart ideas, let's get to Deadpool 3. So this thing, man, it's fucking happening. Like, <laughs> I know... I know it was happening, but it's like really happening, happening now because you had that Jackman announcement and now it's just like, plot rumors character rumors casting grids uh, audition like tapes of or audition on tapes but audition things of like you got to be 30 to 50 this that da, 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 da. like it's fucking going and i i just love it now again now that the question is going to be is it rated r or not will they stick to it again i don't care i've always been someone that says deadpool can be pg-13 the majority of the time he is pg-13 espo says you can finally believe it's happening yeah honestly though i did i did once the jackman thing happened i was fully on board there because they had always said oh yeah deadpool 3 and foggy but the problem to me was it was never on the fucking phase grids like it was never on the or, yeah the slates and stuff like that right so it was one of these things like yeah we're doing it we're doing it i just always compare it to 
a guy or girl that you're gonna go get lunch or dinner with and they keep delaying and everyone knows if you're single you play those games like are they delaying because they really don't want to go or are they delaying because they are legitimately busy be careful out there single ladies and men i think there's times in the past i screwed myself where you go oh no maybe they were interested and it was just you you read it wrong right and that's where i was again here reading it wrong because you just you never know and that's where it's like it's easy to say but it was never a thing jackman got announced i believed it but now i really believe it because rumors casting grids etc so there's two rumors going around right now let's start with the first one that i pitched again on vodka stream i was on the week when it got announced and everyone was talking about their fun theories this and that and i said for me i don't care i just want ryan reynolds and hugh jackman never thought i was going to get it i'm getting it i don't need any other cameos i don't need anything just those two in a car playing those characters for two hours good enough for me um, now there's all the stuff like it's a multiverse road trip movie and the Fantastic Four might be in it. Yeah, da, 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 da. Cool, all great, but that's fine. But the one thing I did pitch hard, and I said what they got to do, and I think it's very realistic, is you got to get Channing Tatum because he was in uh, Free Guy, and uh, well, they were both in uh, what was it? Fuck, what was it? They're both in uh, Bullet Train stuff like that. There's a few times where they have crossed paths, and clear. I think they're clearly friends, and they're clearly maybe same agency camp, or they work together well. And it feels like they want to do something together. They're in that group of people, right? So, for me, this was a room that Daniel RPK set out that. They, the idea is to have Channing Tatum in this movie, but it's not for sure he would be Gambit. So I think there's two. I think there's three routes you could go. You could have him just as Gambit, which I think is fun. I think, I think they should do that because if Feige legitimately has no interest in casting Channing Tatum as Gambit, and I don't think that will happen by the time they do it, the age might be different. And fucking get Awesome Butler, please, before DCU gets him as Oliver Queen or something. Get Awesome Butler. Um, the Vanisher was in Bolt Train as well. Oh yes, he was uh he greatest Marvel hero. Hopefully they bring him back for uh Secret Wars, right? That that would actually be fucking great if they did, but I, alas, I don't think they will. Uh good pull though. Um I think that if he has no interest, let the guy play Gambit. The guy said he was a big Gambit fan. He campaigned for a while. He actually like wrote part of the script for that movie, right? So for me, it's like if you're never gonna cast him, let him do it. If just just but if not, if that's not the story, fine, whatever. But I'd like to see it. Two, I think there is sort of a him auditioning to be Gambit or what I've pitched him. Maybe they don't use Feige because the rumor was they wanted Feige for the She-Hulk finale. He said no. That's two things. Either he wanted to save himself for Deadpool or he has no interest being on screen. So whoever it might be, even if it's the director, I think Channing Tatum like pitching why he should be in this movie, like inside the movie as a fourth wall break would be great. Or three, you just have Channing Tatum make some sort of appearance a la Free Guy. But again, I think no matter what, he's playing Gambit or he's playing Channing Tatum. I would also love it too if he played Gambit, but in a, some people might not like this, but in a Thor, Ragnarok, Thor, Love and, Lund Love and, Lunder, Love and Thunder sort of sense where it's very cheesy and over the top and stuff like that. So there's lots of routes, but I think that is a... I think that's going to happen. I think that's a given. I think that's just a done deal. I really do just based off the history. Uh, they will make it happen. I hope for his sake it's Gambit. I would love it if they go to different universes and there is a... Fuck, even if you went to a universe and there was like a 92 X-Men universe but live action and you have him there in the getup and stuff, I think there's tons of fun moments with this. And this movie sounds like it's going to be great. Um, just It's just everything we're hearing. And now we're hearing uh, rumors of the villain because at first they were like... I can't remember they were like a they said something like a biopic suit or yet da da da. 
can't remember what the description was, but now there's been more coming out about this villain and their cast, like 30s, 50s, which to me, it doesn't matter. This villain could be a seven-year-old, like unless they're going to show him in human form. But right now, the rumors going around is Danger. Uh, Danger is a character that I don't know everything about, but I've read enough to know the second I saw that rumor, I was like, oh, that's a perfect film. To give you a little synopsis, Danger is a physical manifestation of the software program used to power the Danger Room, the training room of the X-Men. The Danger Room is created by Charles Xavier to train the X-Men daily. I think that is a fantastic poll because the second I saw it, I said, okay, if you're going to have a villain, um, this villain, to me, it's kind of, it feels a lot like Logan where, to me, the, the vil- Boyd Holbrook was great. He chewed scenery. I really liked, uh, fuck, I can't remember what his, what is his character's name. Oh, man. But then you also had, um, oh, I'm forgetting everybody too. He was the Imperial guy. Uh, Richard E. Grant. Not remember their characters' names. But either way, they're in there. To me, they got good actors in the role to play just baseline, just regular, we want to capture people villains. And that was fine because to me, Logan was more about the story of him, X-23, and Patrick Stewart. So I didn't need a 10 out of 10, you know, Thanos, Heath Ledger's Joker villain in that movie. I don't need that here either. I just need someone physically imposing and then give them a run for their money. Great. And I don't know what they would have Danger doing exactly if it is a multiverse film. Is he like kind of like Ultron and like what was it, Supreme Ultron, where is he just tracking them, trying to kill him? I don't know. But there's many power sets you could do. I think they might make it almost like Days of Future Past where you know the Sentinels, how they could adapt and use other characters' powers. Because he's the danger room, you could literally make it that he's trained with all these X-Men and he has all these powers, right? And I think that's great, especially for characters that both don't die. You could make them get fucked up in really cool ways, especially as Radar, right? So I think that is a perfect kind of foe for these two to be fighting. Just pretty much make it the Terminator, you know, just being the Terminator after these two, uh, maybe that has something to do with like the Terminator is like obviously travels back in time, right? Maybe it has something to do with that not sure what era he would come from but that's where i feel like it would be almost like ultron where because i'm i'm assuming in deadpool 3 we pick up where it's just in the deadpool 2 realm right i'm assuming that there's going to be the low because <sighs> i guess there's two routes either he could be jumping and he bumps into a logan or we just get logan at that time because you know logan the movie happens later on there's tons of ways they could do it i'm not really concerned about that i think they're going to do it all the right way but i think danger is a good villain i think with danger you just need a good voice you know you really do i don't think <laughs> like they're gonna like if you've seen the character they just look like a metal predator they look like a predator and a terminator combined you know so i i don't think you need to worry about any of that and i think because all the spotlight is gonna be on jackman and randall's together and then the multiverse stuff and then they have the villain that's all you need that I, some like the whole, because to me, I don't subscribe anymore to Marvel has a villain problem. They really don't. They they did in phase one to two. There's the odd one here that was good. Phase three was getting better. Phase four, they put that away. You got Win Wu. You got Wanda. You got um, Namor. You got uh, who else in there? Green Goblin. Who even though was just like evil, but it was like a really well done evil, right? Like they've had so many, and there's even been other ones that are just like good. It's not, we're hopefully most time out of the Yellow Jacket era. Internals was. Blah. But like most part, they're good. So SOS, I don't really know that character, but it can create simulations like the danger of itself. Because if it can, I can get like a Deadpool and Wolverine versus Deadpool Wolverine. That would be fun. I'm not. Sure. I feel like it can in a sense because I've seen panels. Like I said, I've read the character, but never like a fuck. I know every run of danger. No, I just know it enough. Like okay, that's a powerful motherfucker. So 
I'm not sure, but you could do that. And I'm not sure if you would do different color, like costumes. I don't know if you get different actors. I think there's lots of stuff. I think even fun, it would be fun if you could have them versus the like original 2000 was, yeah, just 2000 X Men, James Morrison, Femina Jessna, uh, Xavier. Like if you had them, Kelsey Grammer's Beast, if you had them versus them, I think there's tons of fun stuff. So I think it's just a villain that, <coughs> oh, excuse me creates a lot of fun opportunities and it works for this story so lots of other i know they're casting a female lead i don't think people have like sussed out what that role is yet but just lots of rumors so this is good it's happening i can't wait to see uh what goes down the trailers everything it's gonna be oh see that'd be a good one deadpool wolverine versus x-men origins deadpool i don't think honestly that's out of the realm of possibility i think it was brent and chris talking about this on marvel alliance um that if like let's say he goes there to fix the timeline and that's where mobius pops up of like hey you can't do this like this is supposed to be the deadpool in this version you could do something where they're both around in that era and they do have to fight barack like i i think that'd be great or like you have or like on your pitching you just have danger simulated or turned into that or whatever because like danger is a character he could you could kind of do whatever you want with him i don't think comic book fans are gonna get mad there'll be like two people like you change this about danger but like if you could literally have him kind of morph like the t1000 into baraka pool fuck man that'd be that'd be outstanding i think that would be great so lots of potential there it's gonna be good stuff so speaking of potential let's talk about thunderbolt so thunderbolt same thing you can tell there's been all the stuff right of oh they're rewriting which to me it's like cool like fuck <laughs> Like, I get my feel posties on Scoops, but it's just like, you could say that about Marvel at any point. You know, like, they're rewriting on the fucking dime, like, right up to schedules. And that's been, there's a report lately that, I think it was with Echo, that a lot of people want that in, like, in Marvel Studios, in-house want that to change of just so much. And I think it came with Marvel Animation, too, of, like, the changes gotta stop. And I get it, right? I get it. That's one of the reasons I point out is, like, oh, because of leaks, they really were and stuff like that. At the end of the day... Leaks don't fucking matter. As fans, us on the internet, you listen to this podcast, me hosting the show, it matters to us because we're consuming this thing all the time. And for the most part, I can read rumors, and to me, it's not ruined. If it's like Toby and Andrew, when I saw because of course I saw the camping picture years ago, that didn't ruin it because I just, everyone had said they were in it, every scooper, so it's like, okay, that kind of confirms it. But for me, it was like, okay, they're in it. What's the story? The only ones I don't want is story details of so someone dying, stuff like that. Or if it's like a mini cameo, like something very minor, like um, this wasn't a big deal. But like look at Free Guy when Chris Evans had that cameo, like holy shit, and the shield came up. If they do something like that with Marvel, that's what I don't want to know. I can't think of a great Marvel equivalent right now, of course, because I'm on the spot. But for me, those leaks don't really bug me because like, okay, cool. Would I have love to been in the theater and not know about toby and andrew just have this like orgasmic moment sure but at the same time this is literally a job this is a small business so it's like that comes with the territory i could log off i thought about that the other day if twitter did die it's like man that's where i get all my news like as I say, unless it's wrestling, uh, I'm not on Twitter that much. And that's where it's like the only time I really respond is I've got the chats or I have notifications on for a couple scoopers and discussing film. So that's why most of the time when you see my tweets, it'll be about those because I get notified about those. Other times I'm not scrolling unless I'm bored. But I did think about them like, fuck, if Twitter goes down, 
like what am I going to use as my like direct source of news that just like updates me right away, you know? And that's what there was almost almost to like a sense of peace that came over me too because I'm like, man, it would just be like nothing. Like it would just be, but of course for this job, I want it easiest because I can literally scroll down my notification. Okay, this new story, this new story. But if anything leaks, like Toby and Andrew rumors fucking helped No Way Home because it was an unkept secret. It's the same way like <laughs> my life, for example, when me and Emily started to date, we were like, okay, we were because we had friends in the same friends group and we used to work together. She wasn't working with me anymore, but it was just like we wanted to keep it on the down low because it's you don't want this thing where friends of yours like know you're together. And no one knew we were together. We had barely talked the first year we worked together, but we started talking when she left Best Buy and stuff like that. And we just didn't want this thing of the friends group kind of getting in the way of like, oh, it's so great. You're together. You're friends and we're friends. Like now you're a couple. That's all you didn't want. Like to me, we didn't want like them kind of forcing like we're really we're like only three weeks into this. Like let us figure it out. But then at that point, it was this thing of one person saw us at a superstore. One person saw us there. So that working became like an unkept secret. So it's like once we announced that everyone knew, but they're happy for us. That was the same way with Andrew and Toby where everyone fucking knew. Even the GA knew because like Andrew's getting asked about it. Even on my radio show, like my local radio show, they're talking about like there's all these rumors. But that helped it because it wasn't confirmed. Same thing in wrestling when CM Punk was coming back. We all knew, but we didn't know no. And that's the thing that helps with the leak. now. Because they're in the story, that's fine. Something uh, as says like Damon and Ragnarok, yes. But I think a better example is Luke Skywalker Mando season two. He plays a he was supposed to play a vital part of the story, and they fucked that up and Boba. But that's a whole other story. But either way, for that finale, he plays a vital part, but he's only in it for like two to five minutes. That's something I'm happy that wasn't spoiled for me because that was like the holy shit. But if it was like a whole Luke Skywalker episode, and he was part of the story. They go okay, that that's fine because it's not like that. Just like sudden surprise return so anyways where i'm getting to with this hyperion stuff and the rewrites is some of the people are complaining like hey we'd like a more solid plan with so many projects and that's part of the rumors that they're trying to take in these complaints and maybe going to do that but for the next like saga not for this one and because they said like they're just kind of too far along and i don't know what these rumors the other thing was just like lots of people feel like they took them more than they could chew and they also just um what was I going to say? Uh, they just, they're, they've been in production too long that they can't step back now and go like, let's write scripts. Let's do that. It's like the, the cart's already gone before the horse or whatever that expression is probably fucked it up. So we'll see. But a part of this, and I think cause these rewrites are happening, uh, the rumors and it's kind of a combo. I feel like the Hyperion one is true, like really true. And the squadron Supreme one is the, is the iffy one. But anyways, that's the room right now where squadron Supreme and Hyperion are supposed to be in this. So for squadron Supreme, who I've, read this like a, a little bit probably the same extent of danger like not i've seen them cross paths but i don't feel like i've run a big i've know more of them of people talking about them or seeing them like an animated thing i feel like they may be just a one-off but the history of squadron supreme is the uh squadron supreme of america was a team of superheroes created by the demon mephisto there you go mr Mephisto confirmed and programmed by power elite to act as united states of america's first line of defense uh, let's see. And that role that once belonged to the Avengers, Phil Coulson acted as a Leo liaison, taking that from the Marvel database, right? And Hyperion is just Marvel's version in, uh, 
uh, of Superman, right? And that's what so like Ahsoka and Mando too. Yeah, that one didn't bug me because sure her opening was a surprise, but then the whole episode she was in it, she came back. Like that's where it, like to me, I, I was kind of fine with that one. And to me, like I love Ahsoka, but uh, Luke Skywalker is the much bigger surprise. So Thunderbolt, like this Squadron Supreme rumor does fit with Thunderbolts because I feel it's kind of like what Chris has pitched about this as far as they are going to be used as the government's replacement to the, uh, the Suicide Squad fucking S-Bubs in the chat. Screw me up. Uh, to the Avengers because I, I guess, I don't know. Like that's the thing. It's, I wish, and maybe Thunderbolts will do this. I think that's been one mistake. I'm not those people that, oh, phase four, there's issues. And they got, no, the fucking, the movies are doing well. They're making tons of money. Sure is like, there's that poll that went out. Like, are people a little fatigued? Maybe I could believe that, but fucking we'll talk about Wakanda forever. These movies are still making bank. They're still like the top of the box office. So maybe the hype's not as big as it once was, but it's still just minorly down. Um, but I do think a mistake is we just I feel like we need more establishment already of like what has happened to the Avengers just as a unit like are they together are they not because I feel like there's times where it feels like oh there is a team we just haven't met them or there's not a team I'd prefer not a team so we could meet them but alas we haven't got that confirmed and maybe that will do this so I feel like you got it's interesting because Thunderbolts is gonna have Val she's in the concept art right and to me the Squadron Supreme pitch sounds like it's gonna be I don't think Mephisto um it would be her setting that up, and then you got the Thunderbolts on the side, right? But if she's setting up the Thunderbolts, like, who's setting up Squadron Supreme? Maybe it's the new present Thunderbolt Ross. I don't know. That sounds a little iffy. I don't mind the team versus the team aspect. That could be fun. But the big kind of story about this is that they are planning on doing their evil Superman. Now, oh boy. Evil Superman. Um... I don't know who started it. Uh, I, I I was talking about that today because it did happen BBS, but I feel like it was I feel like Injustice was the first one to really really do. I know okay, also we saw like Evil Superman in the original Superman movies, but I mean like this idea of the pitch of okay, what if we do Superman, but he's bad, right? And Injustice did that BBS. I feel like. I don't know if BBS was a star, and maybe it could be. I'm not saying it's not, just because. Injustice was big, but not like GA big, right? But either way, sometime in like 2014 to 2016, it's become all the rage to do, hey, that pitch, right? Superman, but what if he's bad? We've got Injustice, we've got Superman in BBS, which is, he's not bad, but they show the shades of it, right? What, what could be? You got um, Eternals with Icarus. You have um, Invincible Metro Man. And then you got Homelander and the boys, right? It's happened a lot. And it is funny uh, because this is a team where they have some super soldiers on there. But still, it's a team where a lot of them are just like the guns people. I love the team because of the dynamics of them. But as far as a team that could take down a Superman type in the Marvel world, uh, not really the best team. And maybe that's the point of story. Maybe they can't do it. That's why it's okay. We need some power, uh, higher power. I think they'll find a way and Spongebob Misfits. But how do I feel about this? I I don't know. I'm not at the point of being over it yet. And Ben Affleck's Dream Superman's pure evil. Oh, yeah, 100%. But it's just because like, I was just saying that wasn't the main version of it, Heinz. But with that, Justice League, they've alluded to it. So it's definitely... I could say I'd have to go back if someone gave me an example before 2016, unless Snyder was the first one to do it. Really, I think it's still basing off injustice, but still, um, 
I'm not over the evil Superman trope, but I think I'm there. Like, <laughs> I think I am kind of done with it, which is kind of, it's annoying that I don't know if it's going to happen, but if Snyder ever does his follow-up to Zack Snyder's League, whether it's animated film, graphic novel, or he gets to actually do the films, I feel like by the time he does it, unfortunately, I'd kind of be over it because it's just like, we've seen it so much. It's been done so much in media now where I feel, and I, I do feel that Homelander is the best version of that really, as far as making an interesting character as well. Um, and right now, Daniel Arcade tweeted out that there's two people in the running, Alexander Skarsgård and Ryan Gosling. Both are fun choices. Um, yeah, Smallville touched on it with Color of Kryptonite. Yeah, I guess I guess they did. That was so long ago. To me, it's just like, and people watch Smallville. I just feel like there's something in 2015, 2016, or maybe that's just the point where a bunch of writers at the same time are like, I want to do this story, but... Those two choices, great choices. And uh, to me, Skarsgård is fun because he was in the running for Caps. So it'd be kind of fun to run it back. And he has the long hair. I think he looks the most like Hyperion. I don't know if Gosling in the wig is something I want, but alas, they don't have to do the wig, I guess. But alas, Gosling makes sense as well because I know he says he wants to play Ghost Rider. But he, if you look back early, talking about that 2015-2016 era, the rumors were that the top pick and the person that they went to the role first for Suicide Squad Joker was Gosling and apparently it's much like walking with Doctor Strange where he was on board suddenly it was a go and then it was like okay and now we want you to sign this multi-year contract and it was like eh I don't know about that and Gosling to me I don't know if he's memeing, but the, I've always said why Ghost Rider would make sense is because he would go and make maybe a couple appearances and he could just be a voice. Like he'd get the Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper route. I don't think Gosling is a multi-contract guy. Um, and to me, Hyperion would be, I think, a one and done. So I think Gosling is a better choice as far as... Okay, sounds bad. I think Gosling's a better actor than Skarsgård, but Skarsgård is good and he was great in the Northmen. But I think that... I think Gosling is good because he has more of that clean-cut good guy image. I think he's someone I want to see more take that route and be bad and stuff like that. Uh, I could see Gosling as one that pretends to be good as evil Skarsgård, pure evil one. So I think both work. 100%. I think, like, Skarsgård could play a charismatic, like, I'm pretending to be good. But Gosling just has that. I feel like he has, you know, how people say some people have a face you want to punch. He has the reverse where he has a face you just want to kiss or just look at. You know, like, he just looks like a happy guy. So if he's, like, the evil Superman, I I, I still don't think Gosling's going to happen. I think it would be Skarsgård. I think Gosling's going to do it. Whether it's Marvel DC, he's going to scratch that itch at some point the way Hall did. Part of me with Hall, I thought, like, maybe he did that to... Not that Hall lost, like, any fame. I just feel like he needed, like, a big box office hit or something like that. But, uh... We'll see. I uh, it, it it works enough for me, and again, I'm not over the trope, but I'm close enough to okay. We could solve the evil Superman pretty soon, especially because we just got Icarus. Like Marvel did it to me. That was going to be their evil Superman. So, okay, check. We've done it, and they're still going. So uh, let's take our second ad break, and then we're going to be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So a bit more of the quick hits. You'll know, be talking some box office. That Hyperion one was supposed to be a quick hit, but went a little longer. So, you know, tis is life. What can you do? But box office. So I think it was Black Panther had a 63% drop. So better. Oh, look at that. First poster for Shuri is Black Panther released. Second weekend, they're like, hey, get out there and see it. You can see Shuri. I guess it's it's kind of a weird. (laughs) I don't know why they chose to release in the second week. I don't think they needed to. But either way, it had a 63% drop. So better than Doctor Strange, better than uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which Brent pointed this out. And I I definitely agree where the Batman had a smaller opening week. It was like 134 and then dropped to the same as like 66. And this was 67. But still. The fact that the Batman dropped only 50%, it's true that, yeah, those ones were bigger. But at the same point, you could make the case that Batman could have just dropped also 66% and then from that 134, right? So, again, be a little bit biased, but great for the Batman. But um, to me, it's like, again, we're talking about box office. 
and again, I <laughs> I was gonna ask this question like, what is the what's the next comic book film that's not gonna have that big big drop off like this? And that was the Batman. True, it's not making the same amount of those ones, but still, that that made about almost eight hundred million. And Black Panther's supposed to make around eight eighty eight ninety, maybe nine hundred. I think it's gonna cross it. Now this sounds like a broken record, but I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see the third week drop. I am because. For the next three weeks, there is – I won't say nothing, but it's very small amount. Like Avatar is like what? December, I'm going to go to first showing. First showing is the best website for this stuff. But Avatar, what? It's like the 16th or something like that. Next week, you got Strange Worlds, which I talked about in GUA. They're fucking not promoting that at all. Do I – do I – I don't know. Do I think that the th- there's a lot of working theory of okay in that movie there is a openly gay character and there's this theory of like well they're not promoting it because of that. I don't know if I essentially believe that, but I do feel like there's been a lack of promotion for it. I don't know if it's just because it's animated and they feel it's not going to do well. I don't know if it is that. Who knows? I don't feel like it is that, but you never know because with Disney, um, they just. They take things out to get them released, and they also like put in weird stuff where it's like, oh yeah, we have a represent big time representation in this, but then it's like, no, you really don't, and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that like obviously that's a working theory. Uh, Bones and all, Devotion, Fablesman, Glass Onion, Violent Night. Uh, let's see, Father Soup Reborn, The Whale, and then After Sixteen. So it got three weeks just to run game, and it's already passed. I can't remember what the whole total coom is right now but i think it's already at yeah 546 million already half a billion in two weekends it's fine and it's gonna keep trucking along because strange worlds will take i don't even think a big chunk like i I think black panther has a good chance knives out i'm very curious about to see what it does in just a limited theatrical because let's take a look at knives out first weekend here um because knives out it has a falling from the first one right and i think the first one did relatively well versus the budget and everything like that but i think there's like all these movies that can take like little chunks out of it but if anything i think it's just they go to the box office let's say so i made 312 million not bad and then what did it make opening week in here i think there are movies that take like little chunks out of it so 26 okay so yeah 26 uh, do i feel i feel like you could do a I don't know about Nice. I feel like it could do about that. I feel like it could be in that 20 range, but I feel like they just make movies that like make little chunks and everything like that. And it also would just maybe remind people like, hey, I haven't seen Wakanda Forever One with here, and I might go back and see it. You got Thanksgiving this weekend, which is coming up, so holiday for the state. So I, I still think it's going to hit 900 million just for the lack of stuff that's out. Um, next weekend will be interesting, though, because this kind of had a little bit better than, and it released in November. Okay, there you go. So. First time I was theater and I saw saw it in January. Yeah, I, it was running for a while, so it's not gonna obviously make not gonna make what Knives Out made in total in that one week. But I'm just interested to see are people gonna come back for it? Because I still feel like I feel like the star power is about the same. If not anything, I feel like if Knives Out two might be like a little bit bigger with Norton and Batista in there and stuff like that. But alas. I, I Wakanda Forever is going to do well. I'm excited to see how it does third week because the second week, okay, had like a little bit better drop than the other ones, but still had that bigger drop. I'm interested to see in the future what's going to be the first 
superhero film that has that Black Panther, like the first one run, or even like Top Gun, where maybe it won't happen. People have had that theory that they're just bottlenecking, they make most of their money in the first three weekends, and then it just kind of trickles in, right? I thought Black Panther might have a chance to have that lower dropping and really good word of mouth. I think the word of mouth is still really strong, but definitely not like the first one, so... Other films, the menu made nine hundred million, so just like a little below, like what I think ten million was the projection. So you're fine. The Chosen, I think that's like a Jesus movie. I don't know. Uh, Black Adam at four point five with one hundred fifty seven million just domestic. Uh, we'll see if it gets that fucking. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if it gets that um, that sequel. And know what's really impressive though for a movie that I do not like. And I do not think it's good. I have it ranked very low. People love it, though. It's Smile. But Smile dropped on Paramount Plus last week. You can stream it. It's been out for a while. Halloween's definitely over. Still number 10. Made $1.15 million. They even go, oh, just $1.15. But still, for a little horror movie that you can stream right now that it's not October anymore, people are still going to see it. They got that's a fucking hit. That's a me, like a mega hit versus for their budget. Their budget's like what, like fifteen million or something like that. Even domestic, it made one hundred four. Like, what a success story that is. I don't love the film, but I love seeing horror and like little projects succeed like that. And still, one point five in this uh, like uh, box office, really good. So. Another movie is, uh, or not another movie, just a few quick hits as far as things that I saw this weekend. If you're a Bowie fan, please go watch Moon Age Daydream. I saw it on VOD. I did not get to see it because they released it only for a small time while I was here, or sort of while I was camping. So it's, it was a documentary, so they're not going to have it going long. But if you ever saw a montage of heck, that was a Kurt Cobain documentary. It's a documentary, but it's like a visual guide. It's a visual smorgasbord where you have them singing lots of animated illustrations you still get real footage of the people the bands etc their story they're telling the story but it's in a very trippy very artsy sort of way like i said it's a visual guide that's the way it is like bowie's life and it's just it's phenomenal i haven't ranked it yet in letterbox it might be in my top 10 honestly it's just it's it's really good and i love this uh documentaries uh style of these sort of things you know so um the other film i saw was spirited you know, I had said this multiple times where I wasn't sure how Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell were going to do as a duo. I thought they might like kind of I nails on chalkboard is is too much to say, but um I just thought that I don't know, there's some styles that don't mix and they really mixed well and I actually really enjoyed the film. It, it there's a lot more musical than I thought. I'd heard about that a couple days ago. That's the musical. Uh I think the musical aspect is not the greatest and i'm not a musical fan but it just i don't think the music is like great you know like i think it's all just kind of fine and serves well and both reynolds and farrell aren't singers you know so they're doing their best um but it's i think gonna become a yearly watch i'm a sucker for christmas carol and i love the spins that they did on it here i actually did think they had good chemistry it's not like a perfect five out of five ten and ten movie i think on letterbox i'd give it like a 3.5 or a four or something like that but i really enjoyed it and as far as like christmas carol that's been done a bunch this is a fun spin on it. so if you like those actors and you like christmas carol go see that it, it or go watch it. it's on apple plus but check it out it was a good time if you're looking for a christmas movie i i would recommend it it surprised me how much i actually liked it because there's actually a bit more emotional stuff too i know you're like oh christmas carol of course but i feel like there's times where they lay back and it's not always a joke per minute which i kind of thought would happen so um 
yeah, you can go check that out. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, and then of course, cause my name and stuff like that. Uh, Jason David Frank. So, uh, it's, it's a shitty situation, right? And as lots of people shared, like, you know, follow, donate AFSB. Um, if you ever feel like you're going to take your own life or feel like you're in danger of doing that, or you just need help. If you've ever thought about that, like seriously thought about that, definitely go get help because there's i guarantee you if you're a good person people there's people that don't want you gone and there's people that are willing to help and not saying like oh if it doesn't work you know don't do that you should never do that that is not the option but at least for sure try and go get some help first from people you love and stuff like that um because i think that is i don't know if it's been confirmed that's uh suicide's the reported uh uh cause of death for jason Dare frank and oh, you might i feel like people might hear that name and they're like oh who is that but it sounds familiar if you don't know he was in the original mighty morphin power rangers he played the green ranger which turned the white ranger and then he played like a bunch of variations of them and stuff like that uh th- this one it hurts in a little bit not the same way conroy or conroy that one got me emotional this was a ah oh, this sucks because one it's you know obviously goes a bit earlier than you should want someone to go and it is from a sickness is very sad but suicide is just almost sadder because it's like if there's somebody that was around could have helped them there's a chance it goes away where cancer unfortunately fuck cancer but once it got to you it might have you right and there's nothing you can really do but with this like all i have to say is i don't know much because you know i was a massive massive power ranger fan as a kid and that's why you know clay goes oh i don't listen to ranger alliance first of all i did for the first few episodes because anything on the podcast now i gotta make sure okay that people know what they're talking about are they gonna host and they're not shit okay good uh but second of all uh, other than, like I said, Marvel Lions I listen to because I edit. And other than that, there's not too many. That's why I do like podcasts that make the quick clips because that's what my listen to is. But just because my transit time and where I am at work, I don't get to listen to podcasts anymore. And I don't do the gym because I just feel like I was not working out hard enough at the gym I was listening to podcasts. So, um, I don't get to as many. So check out Ranger Alliance on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. But uh, that's one of the reasons why I greenlit because I was always like, I loved Rangers as a kid, and that was up there. That was in that realm of Batman the Animated Series, stuff like that. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, X-Men, Spider-Man, stuff like that. It was in that 90s era of just cool shit for kids, you know, like just like cartoons, the weekend stuff. And I feel like I didn't know a kid who didn't watch uh, Power Rangers. And I had so many of the toys, and my grandma always still explains it because my grandma, I feel like she's starting to not for sure get Alzheimer's, but she's doing that thing. I think you all know if you got a grandparent where they start to repeat the same story over and over, and you kind of go, okay, like uh, we've definitely talked about this, but she talks about this whole time where I'd be in her backyard and they used to have a, uh, my grandma had a huge garden and they grew corn and everything like that. And I was always in there, pretend the corn was the bad guy, stuff like that. And I was always being Tommy. I was always being the gray ranger. It was Batman. It was Tommy. And that for me is like a huge piece of my childhood. And I feel like he is one of those that that's a huge piece of everyone's childhood from the nineties. It's a huge deal that he has passed on. And it is sad. It really is. Um, cause you want someone at least to live as long as they can possibly live. Um, so yeah, it, 
it sucks. And to me, he has a big impact because, you know, Clay wouldn't agree. But I feel like for most people, it's like he's the favorite Ranger, right? Everyone loves him. And I think there was a reason because even watching them back now, I feel like he's the only guy. And it's a shame they didn't go on to do anything else. But at that time, one, he was a heartthrob. Like the same way Kimberly was for boys. I feel like for women, like he just had a look, the long hair, like something about him, right? Um so for me, he kind of like had a heartthrob mentality, but he was a hero that you got to see different shades. Like he was a softer hero. He had the romance with Kimberly. It's not like Batman and Catwoman where it's like, oh, are you, you know, I can't trust you. I can't trust you. Should we make out? Yeah. Like that always had a dark and it got soft revenge. And there is soft moments between Selena and Bruce, but like the initial, hey, like what is their romance based upon? It's very standoffish. He was very... The way he played the character and the way they wrote the character, very caring, very soft at times. It was a hero, but it wasn't fucking machismo hero, which I think happened a lot in the 90s. That's like the era of the late 80s and 90s. That's Stallone, Arnold. That is the machismo, big buff guy, you know, stuff like that. And I always felt like, and no offense to other people, he stood out because I felt like with the originals and every iteration after that I had watched, the actors really never stood out. You kind of had your own favorite here and there, baby, based off the writing. But acting-wise, they're all just kind of white bread. They're all just kind of... That's why most of these people I don't think he went on to see do much. And that's not an offensive thing. It was fine for what it was. I'm sure lots of them like, had tons of fun and a great career. But it wasn't A-class acting going on. But with Jason, it felt like, okay, he is a bit above these other people. I think that's why he stood out because he had a chemistry or charisma about him that stood out. And the Green Ranger stood out because the green was my favorite color. And I was like, oh, there's a Green Ranger. Fuck yeah. And he turned the white. And man, I remember going to see uh, that movie. I think I saw I think I saw that in theaters. When was when did it come out? Mighty. Let's take a look here. Mighty Morphin movie. Let's take a look. 1995 no i definitely didn't see that in theaters uh, well did they do release i wonder if because like even now there'll be times where like we're gonna play mr fantastic fox and Saturday for the kids i feel like i saw this in like some sort of re-release or something in Kelowna because i remember specifically seeing it on the big screen because i just remember the rock scene and when they morph and everything like that it was on the big screen and just felt like it just swallowed me up as a kid. I was like, holy shit, like this big, like I've seen the Power Rangers like this. I think I did see Turbo as well. So that I bet that was it because when did Turbo come out? Watch it be like 97 and I'd be like, because at this point I was only two and stuff like that. Turbo Ranger film. Anger Ranger film. Let's take a look here. Uh, that came in 1997. Yes, yeah, I was right. And I I guess I'd be four. So that there's a chance maybe they re-released it at that point. So maybe, maybe that's what it is. I'd have to ask parents. But either way, it's one of these for an actor in the geek community. It's hard to have a staple as far as like, hey, I'm going to like he's the face of power rangers whether you like it or not like he i feel like he's always going to go down we'll see what happens and i hope especially you know for ranger lions making a show i hope this new series comes out kick ass stuff like that the latest movie didn't do that i hope rangers has like a big resurgence because i think there's something fun and special with that series if we can tap into it can it just capture that magic and popularity of the 90s that's always the question that i don't know but um to me the thing is 
I don't think it will ever get. I hope it does, but I think even if it does, Jace David Frank's face and his impact is always going to be what's synonymous with Power Rangers, and that's a big thing to say for such a big brand, such a brand that's gone on for years. Um, when people look up Power Rangers, Green White Ranger and Tommy uh, Oliver is probably going to be the one that comes up first, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, Jace David Frank as well, because I think the acting was a little bit better than most people, and he brought something to that character. So, yeah yeah sucks it's been a shitty couple weeks now for the 90s kids and whatnot but again if you need help if you know someone needs help get them the help and know that you're there's always someone here and again also just you with celebrities like conroy and this doesn't matter how they pass give people their flowers while they're there appreciate them while they're there it's the same thing i said last about like last week about kevin conroy where it's like we'll never get a new project with him announced being batman you know and that's kind of sad so all these actors when you go oh you know i don't know if i need them to play this role again because like there's other people it's like let like if you like them in that role cherish it because you never know what's gonna come the next day right so exactly yeah West, rest in peace the green ranger and if there's uh nice to see you nathan um there's just tons of people that it's it, it, 90s kids it's a part of their lives and i feel like there's so many people when they see it's same way conroy when they read the ranger stuff like that they hear jason davis frank's voice so it's sad it, it is a sad day so again like i said get the help you need lots of links and stuff like that or you need somebody do that there's lots of charities things like that so uh, we're gonna take our last ad break and then we'll be right back Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah, all the entertainment stuff, all the the TV movie stuff, that part's done. So if you're not into wrestling, Pickens, this is your time uh, to be excited. But if you're not into wrestling, you can bow out now because that's what I'm going to talk about is full gear and a lot of stuff. Because uh, I've been excited to, as I talked about with the stream, uh, the charity stream, I did not get to watch much wrestling. Even AEW, I was... Um, what was I? I was uh, having to catch up. There's days that I just didn't get to see it live and stuff like that. And I hate, I talk about that with Kirkland. I hate stuff like uh, watching sports, uh, re- uh, like pre-recorded and stuff like that. Um, so anyways, uh, Full Gear. That happened last night. And then we got Survivor Series next week. So I guess I'll probably be talking about Survivor Series too. Fuck yeah. Same with WWE. I got to catch up. Lots of fun stuff. But Full Gear. So this is, to me, I think this was a big show for them. Where's my water here? Oh, I'm uh, hour mark. I'm starting to feel run down, but we'll get this last topic, and then I get some days off from casting. So next time you hear from me, it should be a nice, clear, clean voice and stuff like that. So full gear, uh, big pay review to me in my mind because this is the pay review from All Out last month with lots of things of lots of big events, but also just. The fallout of Punk's press conference, the fight, all this hugabaloo of what's going on in AEW and stuff like that, right? So, 
they i think had a great show they had the show they needed to it was a solid wrestling show no big surprises or anything like that but i don't think that's needed i think just a great wrestling show is what you need i'm gonna actually pull the card here uh but yeah i th- i think for the most part aw and that's a good thing about only having one or like four year i think they always deliver there's maybe a few shows here that maybe under delivered but never i don't i still don't think they've had a bad pay-per-view even if there's been bad spots as far as um uh what was i gonna say like uh, maybe the wrong decision or something like that or like the barbed wire match i don't think there's ever been one fully bad show and i think that's really really good for the company but uh yeah i think this is a really good show overall great wrestling great stories ended and starting to develop from this show so i'm very excited for wednesday um i think they needed what they needed here as far as um those some of the winners and changes everything like that so what i'll do is i'll kind of go because there's some stuff i want to talk about with punk and the elite but that's going to come up when i get there it's the second match so we'll start here i'm just going to go down the match zero year i did not watch i don't watch the pre-shows and stuff like that i just i just sometimes don't have time so first steel cage jack perry versus luchasaurus fantastic match uh jungle boy has had many like star making performances this was like another one and i always had it in my mind where and it's funny because i feel like i was on point with tony khan when he talked about he had like the idea of who's gonna be the first four aw champions and it was like um what was it jericho moxley uh omega and hangman right and maybe maybe it was fine with punk but at least with this like he said four and i've been on point like who always is going to be the next champ i thought okay jericho went there it's gonna be moxley it's gonna be like everything he laid out and that's a good thing where sometimes we talk about you know about a story being predictable sometimes it's good to be predictable because the story makes sense this is where i'm torn because in my mind i always thought okay punk's gonna get it and then mjf's gonna take it off punk i still think that would have been the route but he got hurt and some other stuff happened moxley happened. so i still feel like i'm right now where i could be wrong is in my mind i always thought okay the person that's gonna take it off mgf is darby we'll get to that i don't know if it's that because i think it could be jungle boy so sure i could be right by changing my opinion but it'll break my from day one i've had the route of okay here's who the champions will be and then after i got to darby i was like i don't know what's gonna happen because like and same thing with jungle boy i don't know what would be next and everything like that um but jungle boy good win great match i hope people also give luchasaurus credit um he's a guy that has improved quite a bit austin i can't remember what his real name is saw him big brother he was an xt for a little bit but i really hope for him now he's healed that they ditched the luchasaurus gimmick they have some sort of story because i feel like he could be a great like he could be a great monster wrestler but he can flip he can move he like it, it i don't even know i i don't want to say he's a better version than kane 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 with an e uh, but i feel like he could be he's so agile and stuff like that so i think he's a great big man repackage him i think there could be a run there and keep him with christian but this was kind of the end of the feud until christian's okay because i think what's going to happen is jungle boy is going to go on a run and i think he's going to win be close to winning championship even if it's mjf in the world title close and then christian's going to screw him and they'll redo that story because christian versus jungle boy that's where the story needs to end so i'm excited to see what happens when we get there great match fuck when he jumped off the top of the cage there was luchadors on a table and he jumped off the top of the elbow my god like i said i what 
everything aside, me and Tanner, we did that wrestling match, right? And there's, you know, also some stuff in the story plan. I will say that that honestly was the most painful I've been through in my life. We're going to do a commentary track on all three matches one time, but definitely that one. Um, the bastard who did cheat. But um, legitimately after that, I was like, I don't know how wrestlers sometimes do this full time. Now, again, of course, you they have better bodies than me. They're more built up for it. But there's some bumps I did in there, like when I land on the ladder. Fuck. The next day, I was hurting. I, <laughs> I was like... How does someone like that jump off that high and then three days later they're going to probably wrestle or be on a show, right? So respect them. Great opening. Excited to see where Jack Perry goes now because it sounds like he wants to kind of, you know, uh, drop that name and stuff like that, right? And now we get to the AEW Trio Championship. This will probably be the bulk of some of the conversation because it has to do with Punk. And that's the last time I really talked about wrestling was during all that Punk shit, right? And fuck. So you got Death Triangle versus The Elite. Um uh, the elite come out to Wayward Sons, carry on. Um, this felt like a special, special moment. Because to me, uh, just the way, and I hope they keep it. They said that, or Tony Khan said it might just be a one-off. But I hope they keep the theme because it just had something special about it where it was the black lights were all, like, or it was dark. Lights came up a little bit. All you saw was the silhouette of the lead. They did their poses. The fire came up, and then you saw them. And just the way Carry On was playing, it felt special. I got goosebumps, and I honestly, I started to get a little bit emotional. Um, it felt, it, it, it just had this one because what I will say is I've had issues with, uh, you know, it's such a journey where Tony Khan's the savior, and then eventually, you know, honeymoon phase over, and you start to see some stuff with the program. Eh, but either way. Most of the time I go, hey, you know, there might be a decision I don't agree with, which I'll talk about later with the Jamie Hayter stuff is the way that was handled, but it doesn't hurt my overall like, oh, fuck Tony Khan or anything like that. Um, I don't think I've ever been like, oh yeah, fuck Tony Khan, but there's been some decision, especially with the punk stuff, I was like, eh, I don't know. And especially with the Cody thing, I said too, like, now luckily it might sound like, okay, that was a bit more of Cody's decision, but still there's some stuff around there where you go, okay, was this bungled? I don't know. Either way, I had said this months ago where, to me, if the choice, if it comes down to an either or, and you choose CM Punk side versus the Elite side, that something as like a fandom, I can never, it sounds cheesy and over the top, but I can't really forgive you for that because of how the elite got to this point and they got the company to this point and i still think also we don't know what happened exactly in that room but we've heard enough to me to know like i'm definitely on the elite side as far as what went down and i also just didn't like the press conference taking even the locker room stuff i didn't even like what punk said like publicly and stuff like that i felt there was way too much stuff and i get being that's who he is and pipe bomb and stuff like that but there there are certain levels you know like again i always said like bringing up a coca band's account with his mom it's like i get it you're bitter but certain stuff where it just it felt it felt cringy not to be like everyone says oh, i hate that this generation just use that word but that's what it felt like and everything like that um so for me this just felt like a people kind of thought that way when coca band was back on aw weeks ago but this felt like a Tony Khan being like, I'm with the elite. Like they're they're here, and not exactly like I'm with them. Because what I hope happens, which is not gonna happen, because I still I think Punk is one of the greatest dude of all time, and I still understand having bad moments. But then they, Punk's not really a guy that apologizes, in my opinion, for some of the stuff. And if he feels like he was right in doing all that stuff, then granted that's his life. I don't know the whole situation. Maybe he was in the right for doing all this and stuff like that. 
the perfect scenario is that they just realize they can make a lot of money. They let bygones be bygone. And even if he fully, it's sometimes when we apologize, right? We still go, ah, uh, I fully think I'm in the right on this thing, but maybe from their point of view, they don't feel that way. So I'm going to apologize because it hurt their feelings, hurt the situation, whatever. I would love that because I think AEW is better with all of them in it. And I would love Punk to finish out his run in AEW. There's still tons of stuff to do with MJF. There's still other dream matches. Bucks and Kenny alone, like the money they can make alone. But don't think that's going to happen. That's the perfect world. And especially like seeing Punk's not even on the cover of the video game anymore. You know, so it's just like I feel like they're distancing themselves. It sucks. But for me in my camp of what I feel is more important and what's better for the company going forward, the elite is the way. Even just years forward, the elite's the way to go. So that's where it's like, yeah, sure, I've had some issues with what Tony's been doing lately. But as far as a big, big decision, to me, he made a right one here and made me a lot more kind of forgiving of some stuff. So I'm happy about that. And it's not just because, like, oh, I'm biased. I like the elite. I just feel like it's better for business to go with the elite, those three guys, you know, and stuff like that. So uh we'll see the punk thing we'll see i don't think that's i think they are just waiting out for his contract or buy him out who knows i hope it changes around but doubt it um match itself fantastic some of the best and credit to triangle too they are doing some good storytelling with this ray phoenix like uh pack storyline but it all came out where it just felt like the triumphant heroes come back they're gonna get the win and i actually love that they didn't i even thought about the midway i'm like you know what the better route would be if they lost here because one even if they're someone in the right they still got to fight backstage they're still suspended to put the titles on them again right away as evps would be like eh, now we're gonna do this chase and i think they're gonna win it because what happens is so Pax doing the storyline where he keeps wanting Ray Phoenix to cheat and he won't. But finally, in this match, when they can't beat the elite, he hits him with the bell hammer, he cheats, pins Kenny Omega, right? Great story because with the Pax stuff, uh, with the cheating stuff, with the EVPs coming back in real life and not just winning the titles right away. Now, then after they announced a best of seven, the match that to me was the match tonight. I always say that when the elite is together, even Kenny, I, I put Kenny above it, but like when the elite is together and i more mean for like when it's kenny in a match and then bucks are in the corner or when they're doing the trios storytelling or like when it was code and kenny versus fucking the bucks fuck the storytelling is just off the charts and that's why they're always my favorites they always just little meticulous details and that's why after this they announced the best of seven the details when we get to match six or seven the callbacks the like easter eggs fuck they're gonna be so good i think seven's a bit too much i think five would have been fine i know i saw some people suggest what if you do gimmick matches for the other ones that would have been cool but five to me is like the right the right amount but okay we're gonna do seven i'm interested to see like by match seven how much variation they can do um because you know what's going the whole way i, I was very uh <sighs> It was strange to get a best of seven announcement after. That's why I would have thought it was best of five would be better. Because, okay, they have the match, right? Death Triangle wins, keeps the titles, then a best of five. But this was a best seven, but this match already counts. And it's like, so does every match, when they win or lose, do the titles go back and forth? Do they just keep them? It was a weird sort of like announcement, but whatever. It's fine. I'm excited. I was excited to see the story, but now I'm more curious than ever. But match seven fuck that's gonna be that's gonna be something because i feel like that's just gonna be build up and that's probably gonna main event whatever they're doing and um yeah and then today or i guess late last night early morning however you want to perceive it is announced that kenny omega is going to be at wrestle kingdom and verse will osprey for the united states like american championship north japan whatever they call it 
Fuck. That is uh that's a match that's been brewing for years. They've like played up this right, which I think they legitimately don't like each other in real life, but they've just like more played it up. Kind of what I hope will happen with Punk eventually at some point, but probably not. Um, that's gonna be a banger, and I'll be tuning in to Wrestle Kingdom. So great to have them back. Fantastic match to me, best match tonight. And uh I thought it was actually the right call to have them lose. So very happy the leads back. Just warm my heart. And it just like I said, made me emotional. To me, they're the heart and soul of AEW. And sometimes they're wrestling. So it's just like the fact that they're back, great. And I hope they keep the theme. Really do. So and then also the other thing that as people point out here, I'm looking through the uh which is so funny. I'm looking at the AEW website for the results and they're like fans chanted fight forever fight for our fans began chanting this is awesome they don't include the part where the fans chant fuck cm punk which man crazy how it goes right seven years ago like all the time everyone's chanting cm punk see i don't know if i, I would not have been chanting fuck cm punk i'm not to that extreme of the situation but what a fucking change where all fans wanted to do is chant for cm punk get them back and now they're chanting fuck cm punk and Again, I think there's so much money to come and be made as to come back and be that fucking uber heel. But, you know, I, alas, that's a what if that we're probably not going to get our multiverse. Um, after that, and a credit to all the people, like the next was Jade Cargill and uh, Nia Rose. Fine match. I think it was what it was. Two powerhouse women, like, doing their job. For the most part, there were some quiet lulls, but nothing too dramatic. I think every match did a good job of getting people involved. There was never, like, a, oh, this is 20 minutes or 30 minutes and the crowd is just dead. Because there's a lot of bangers, a lot of just, like, high-energy matches. But this was good. It was interesting to see Jade kind of work a babyface-ish style and i wonder if they're going that route they already had her versus a heel nyla so that might be the route to go to get people invested in the streak and someone cheat to like win the streak i don't know but i'm a fan i love jade cargill i love the way she presents herself i love the way that she just like has all this cool gear and everything like that i think that she's she's a fucking star and tony needs to be very careful that wwe doesn't try to scoop her up because she would be great on a fucking wrestlemania stage big entrance like yeah, I, I'm very fan. I'm a big fan of uh, Jade Cargill, and I'm excited to see where it goes now and who she can mix it up with. I'm excited once we get her in, like the like it feels like the women's divisions like separated, and I'm excited to her for I'm excited for her to mix with some of the people she has, like the Brit Breakers, Soraya, and stuff like that, which we'll talk about. Um, ROH Championship, Chris Jericho, Brian Nelson, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Claudio Castagnoli. Just a great fucking match. Uh, this is just a fun four-way. The dynamics of friends versus friends sometimes with Daniel Bra or Brian Danielson and uh, Claudio like being respectful fighting. Jericho and Sammy like trying to trick one another. Really good soul match. I don't think they're going to do anything with the Jericho-Sammy heat. I think it was just in the moment. Jericho even covered for it later. It's like, oh, I just respect him for taking a shot, but tonight wasn't the night. Like I think he like trained him to be a trickster. So just a solid match the fucking ending which i hate the crowd when claudio does the spins and they just like lose count and everything like that uh, but when he did like the elbow whatever it's called judas effect and it was like midair he fucking like landed on sammy wow but great match jericho makes sense they got their pay-per-view coming up in december so i think jericho headlining that helps and uh i'm interested to see what's gonna happen with roh because Tony was getting a little, I felt, heated during the media scrum when people were pressing, like, what's going on with ROH? And people were like, oh, you want to be at separate things. Like, well, it is a separate thing and stuff like that. But it's just, it's still not. It has this weird relationship right now. So I hope that they don't get a TV deal. I do agree with people that, like, making one of the dark or dark elevation 
uh, ROH show would be best, but he made it sound like that would be like a step down. So I really don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with um, with ROH if they can't get a TV deal. But maybe these pay-per-views will help, and I think Jericho headlining it will, and I don't know who he's going to face. It'll be interesting. Uh, so that was a good match. Uh, let's see. Uh, Britt Breaker versus Sarai. So you know what? I feel like I'm somebody that uh, – oh, am I screwing up? Soraya, Rhea. Soraya. Oh, fuck. I think it's Soraya. Rhea. I think so. Soraya. Maybe I'm screwing up. But I hate that because she even tweeted out, like, people stop messing up my name. But either way, I think it is Rhea because I think they say Rhea for short. Um. I was a lot higher on this match than a lot of other people. I think because like I think most people were positive on, him, but I just saw a lot of people like, oh, really good for five, like being gone for five years. No, that's fucking great for being gone for five five years and with a neck injury and she didn't get to bump that much. Like I thought, one, there's two things which I hated. The camera screwed up. They did this bump where she went down. If people are listening to this that don't know, she broke her neck in real life, given a situation where hey, you might not be able to wrestle again. Took five years to get cleared, healthy, and everything like that. They do the spot where she gets bumped and falls down. She's pretending her neck's hurt, and then she looks at Brynn and like, gives her a wink and a smile. It sucks because they didn't get the smile wink on camera. You could just kind of see from their body motion, but that was fun. I also forgot how much I loved watching Rhea like, wrestle because I remember – and I hadn't seen her in the Independence at all because I, I feel like around <sighs> – I don't know when I start, saw like watching indies and ROH. I feel like it was sometime in between like twin, probably 2012 because it's not to sound like Emily's fault, but just once I got in a relationship, I was watching less wrestling. So around then, and I didn't know who she was, but I just remember NXT early on seeing previews like, who's this girl? She had a unique look. She had like an aura about her. And then I watched the first match I ever saw of her was her and Emma at that takeover. I was like, fuck, this girl could go. Emma too, but... Page at the time just stood out and i remember that she just has this aggressive you know very british style rest but she's aggressive but she also just like has a great character she she's she's great at whether she's a baby face or a heel to me standing out in the middle of a match selling stuff like that facial motions so i was always a big fan i don't know at one point if she's like my favorite female current wrestler but i feel like she was i feel like once aj left like page was the go-to and I like that. Britt, who continues to be one of the best characters, promo in the ring. She always knows where the camera is. Soraya's brother was in... Uh, Soraya's brother? Soraya's brother was in the front row, and she did a great job of beating her up in front of her. Uh, she blew a kiss, and like, how do you like that, brother? Like, She plays to not just like, oh, it's about the match. It's all things around the match that she does such a great job of portraying that. And then... They had fucking Soraya, like, she was bumping all over. She took, like, a swinging netbreaker on the concrete. Sure, it's matted, but she could have played it a lot safer for her first match. And to me, it was a really good match. I Like, for what they, the store, the comeback match, what they're telling, I was really happy with it. And I think it should get her a lot more credit. Was she a little rusty? Sure, but didn't look like that much rust, to be honest, for someone that hasn't been gone for five years. So I was really happy with that. Happy she's back. Happy to see what run she could go on. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for this feud to continue. And Britt's great. Like, uh, yeah, I was really happy with this entire package. So uh, Warlow versus Joe versus Hobbs. Uh, this was a fun triple threat. Just like big dudes beating up each other. Power moves. What I'm, I was surprised because I thought Hobbs was going to take it. Um, I was very surprised they gave it to Joe and he's a double champ. I guess it's going to go on the pay-per-view. The ROH one just having two titles is kind of a good aesthetic. I'm just happy Warlow doesn't have the title. I think Warlow had a good natural progression. He had like a mini Batista arc. The MJF thing happened. And sure, MJF thing was gone. So kind of like 
there was that controversy at the time, so it kind of ruined that match and made people just think about MGF instead of Wardlow. But to me, this powerbomb suddenly is actually what killed him for me. And I just I feel like it's like a fun enough gimmick, but I just it gets too like cartoony wrestling. It feels way too eighties for me, and he's starting to feel eighties, uh, where I didn't feel like he felt like that way during the uh the pinnacle rise up and stuff like that. So losing the title I think will actually be good for him, but it was a boring run, and I think Joe can at least do something with it. I think Hobbs should have actually gotten it because he hasn't gotten a title yet, but I think Hobbs might get it later on. So uh Sting, Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. This was just a fun, like beat him up match. What's you've seen this before? Sting and Darby, they have these street fights, no DQ matches. They fight guys, they use weapons, they do spots, and it's over. Sting does a couple woos, he pounds his chest, hits Scorpion Jeff drop, gets the win. I like this, but much like we were talking about the Marvel portion, the evil Superman uh, thing, I think I'm close to. I could take one more Sting and Darby team match, and I think I'm done with it. There's two things I want. The first one I don't need, but I'd want. Um, I want Sting. I'd love it if Sting turned on Darby. Or vice versa, but I think Darby is the babyface is the better route. I think you got to break them up. I think we're close to that. And then two, I want Darby to start getting some fucking big single wings on pay-per-view. Because it just feels like anytime he's with Sting, that's when he gets to win. But when he's in a singles match, Punk, MGF, there's one not too recently. And even on Dynamite, when he has these big single matches, it's like he's losing these. It's like, I feel, that's why earlier I said why I think Jack Perry is going to be the one to take the title off mgf because i felt like they made darby into a big star and he had that like he's gonna be the next big thing he's gonna be the next big baby face and they really lost and i blame the booking really lost a lot of that momentum you gotta get that back he has a unique look unique style i think there's something really marketable about him but the booking i think did hurt him so i hope to see more single stuff from him and more uh some more wins actually and just some more story other than just people are after singing darby and they're fighting him uh it was fun to see Sting and jared back together i was a fan of tna back in that like oh three to oh six era and i was actually a fan of the jared sting feud so i think that was a good callback and i like that there was even a tna chant um <clears throat> next up tony storm versus jamie hater um so I'm talking about not falling indies. I think I said this before. When Hayer came on to the scene in AW and people were saying, oh, good signing. I had no idea. Never seen her wrestle. Uh, I'm a massive fan. I don't know if she's my favorite. <sighs> she's up there as far as the female wrestlers because I still think when I made my top 10, there was like a trending tweet a couple weeks ago. And when I made them, I think I put uh, Bianca was uh, was on. I think she was the only female, which you know might sound bad. But uh, maybe sure I was in there too. I don't know. But there's still a couple people above her. And for me, that's just when I think of wrestler, I think of the whole package, promo, character, and in-ring, right? So I think haters even getting better and better like this i think is going to do wonders for her because for a while and this is what made me a fan she was just like girl who can put on fucking great matches with anybody powerhouse wrestler really talented each like a month especially this year's gone on you see her having and i don't know if that's because of brit i don't know if she feels more comfortable she's great at also finding the camera doing little faces little emotions little stuff like that she sells like a motherfucker for people and the character now is i feel like just just starting and i feel like tony khan is isn't the great at reading the room but uh I'll get that in a second. Either way, Jamie Hayter, she's up there. Maybe in a top 20. I love her in-ring work. I just feel like 
uh, she like even in this moment where she like pushed the ref and she's like oh sorry about that and she like shook his hand like we're good we're good your her character is growing growing so i think this title run is gonna be great because yeah spoiler she won i think she should have won the fatal four-way last uh one you could just feel the fans getting behind her because i feel like I, myself i feel like there's a lot of people like okay like who's jamie hater and then as we keep seeing her in these matches like man she's great and of course like you want the character in the promo, but it does also get down to the ring and there's people where it's like, okay, I don't know what the most important aspect in it for me in wrestling. I don't think there's one singular one, but once you start seeing someone have great matches, like I want to see this on a bigger scale, her bigger opponents. Like I can't wait to see her in Soraya or whoever, maybe her and Brit at some point. Uh, but anyway, so about my problem with this match is the reading of the room where, so this happened last pay-per-view where the acclaimed, we said, like everyone said, they should have called Audible. They claimed should have just won the titles because that pot went huge. They didn't. They kind of redid it later on, and it wasn't as big, but fine, whatever. Forbidden Door was the tester as far as it was the interim women, right? And it was Tony Storm, her, Britt. Uh, is it Sheeta? Yeah, I think it was Sheeta. And you could hear even before the fans were behind Hater, but now the fans are even more behind Hater. And they're starting to do the Britt Baker Hater breakup. I think because Soraya got back, they like shelved that and wanted to do that story. And I think we will get the Jamie and Britt story. But either way, fine. They shelved it. But that was kind of a preview to me like, okay, the fans are getting behind Jamie in a babyface sort of way. She didn't get the win. Tony did. And that's fine because apparently Tony was supposed to get it. On Tony Storm, um, this run didn't do much for her. And I feel that uh, I can't remember when, I don't know if Tony's even been for the company of the year. I feel like it was a little too soon to get the title. When I heard that, Oh, even if she was wrestling Thunder Rosa, that was the plan. I thought, Oh, that's, that's strange. Like I, I thought it was too soon for, her. I feel like the same way, Jamie, this was pretty much a perfect time. I think last pay-per-view would have been fine, but th- th- here's my point is I think like the acclaim, the perfect time was last pay-per-view. I actually don't feel that way with Jamie. I do feel like this was the perfect time. Maybe not the perfect circumstances. I don't get in that. But I feel like it was perfect because the fans was a grand swell. The Tony Storm run wasn't really popping. And I feel like this will set up Brit and Jamie breakup storyline, right? What my issue with it was that Forbidden Door, you kind of got a preview of, hey, people are naturally getting behind Jamie. And Tony Khan does this weird thing where I get you don't want heels and baby faces, but you have a way to create a natural baby face here with Jamie Hayter. They should have just done Tony versus Jamie, woman to woman, one on one, beating the shit each other because it was a it was a like a hard hitting match. Tony looked like she broke her nose. Uh, I should say Storm, so I don't mix it with Khan. Uh, but it was a good match. But then you had Reba and you had Britt like three separate times interfere, and the crowd's cheering because they just want Jamie to win, right? But it just makes everyone look kind of bad where Storm's trying her best. She's the baby face, but she's getting cheered for doing good guy stuff. And then Hater is cheating and doing all this dashly stuff and then getting cheered. So it's just like you start to really muddle a line. I feel like he, Tony Khan, knew enough that people are getting natural reaction. And it would have been great if Hater just like, hey, I went out there. I want to do it myself. Have Britt and Reba come up and celebrate after. But have that probably be part of the reason why Britt turns on her and be like, hey, you just kind of put me aside and said you didn't need me. Like, no, you always need me. And then fucking turn on her. Like, I think that was a missed opportunity. I think her cheating kind of lessened the pop and the feeling. People were happy because they just want Hater to have the title. But I feel like they could have dialed that back a bit. I feel like that's where he misread the room. Of like, okay, you're naturally getting a baby face here. The MJF thing we'll get to. That's different. But this, it's like... I feel like you could have went a different route with this. And even if you don't need to have, if your plan is not to have Brit turn this week, that's fine. Let it 
play out a little bit. But really good match. Hater, I'm excited for the run. I think there's going to be just good good to great match after match. I feel like her character is really going to progress. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this move. And I hope she gets a lengthy run. And Storm, I think she needs some character. Uh, I think this will be good, but some some more personal fuse to go for. Just felt like she's been the champion defending the title. It, it's that old expression of the title making the person, not the person making the title. So, and I really like Storm. I think she's a great hire, and I, I was a big fan of Storm. So I, I'm not counting her out. I just think that it was a bit too soon for the title. Um, I guess yeah. Let's take another ad break, and then we'll be right back. And we're back. So. Two matches left. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Acclaim versus Swerve Strickland Keith Lee. This was fine. This is the weakest of the three. This, to me, felt like more of a dynamite match. It, the placing's all off where the Acclaim should have won that first one. The dynamite match that did actually happen had like a lot of heat, and the Acclaimed won, and then you had this one that felt more like a TV match. This match was good, but to me, it was just to get Swerve and Keith Lee to break up. I think that's good. I think they'll have a good storyline if they do go through with it. Swerve is really fun as a heel. I liked Swerve when I saw some stuff in NXT, and they are kind of making this underdog bay face. This kind of piece of shit, like grimy just like uh, just the way uh, he just looks he he just makes face that he's evil like <laughs> he just looks like he plays the asshole so well when he wants so he's very arrogant and that's what i like but he's dangerous um really smooth in the ring so this was a good match but just kind of felt like a tv match the claims over that's good i think they're kind of miss off with the booking of the placing of these three matches but that's okay we got to where we need to be and then finally we got the main event john moxley with william regal versus mjf and the uh, with william regal part is really important so um on the dynamite last week they did this promo where you know just went back and forth and the last shot was mjf regal and then uh or it was yeah mjf and moxley staring each other down regal in the middle and i was okay regal's in that shot for a reason and i don't know what it's going to be story-wise i'm very interested to see how it plays out but jumping from the end or to the end they had mjf turn on uh moxley or sorry they had uh regal turn on mjf oh fuck i can't <laughs> mjf was helped by William Regal to fuck over John Moxley. Moxley hopefully is going to go on vacation. He was supposed to be four before the Punk suspension happened and they became champion stuff like that. Um, I don't know what the story is going to be. Uh, it, I think they definitely like laid the seeds with the groundwork of Regal and MJF having one of the greatest, maybe the greatest MJF or sorry, just AW promos ever between those two. Um, Throughout these last few weeks, I never bought that they were doing the face turn with MGF. They're doing lots of hinting and stuff like that. He was like helping John Moxley. So I'm interested too to see what they do with the firm because they had the firm attack Moxley and MGF, and MGF kind of turned his back on the firm. I thought what was going to happen is they were going to make it look like the firm was going to come down. I didn't think Regal was 100%. I thought it was definitely in play, but I didn't think it was 100%. But I thought they were going to make it look like the firm was going to beat on MGF and then they beat on Ambrose. MJF was just pretending he was going to be a babyface, then he gets the win, right? Because he said, I'm not going to use the dynamite ring to get this. I'm not going to cheat. He didn't use the dynamite ring. He used the brass knuck. So he didn't lie, technically, but he cheated. And then the media scrum, he was a complete heel. So <coughs> I think it was actually a fun story of pretending he might go to the light side. But MJF as a heel right now is where the money is, even though I think the babyface turn is going to 
have to happen. I think there's only so much longer you can do that. It might have to happen in the title run. I don't know. But if you can get a synthetic babyface like a Darby, like a Jungle Boy, you can keep that. But uh, And the rumor is he doesn't want to turn babyface. So I think him wrestling New Jersey, he gets to stretch that muscle. But I think Regal turning on and Regal and him together can reinforce that. I think this was a really good match. I think they only had that one match at the pay-per-view a few years ago where I still thought MJF should have won then. But um I think it was a good match, solid match. Not one of the best main events we've seen, but it was better than that one. Uh, I like that Moxley was playing into the heelness a bit of the crowd booing him, so that was good. Uh, I think that... I don't know who's going to be first, but I just think MGF is so good on the mic and the stories he can tell that he has with Wardlow, Punk, and Moxley. Um... I think whoever he goes up against, it's going to be an interesting story, even Will or Yuta. So I think we're going to get a really, really good one. It might be one of the most entertaining. It might be the best kind of entertaining promo story run we've got. The in-ring probably is going to be Omega. Moxley was good for, if you like that, beat him down. Entertain-wise, probably Jericho up right now. So MJF has to pass that, and I think he will. And I hope Moxley gets a vacation. And this is where I like Moxley now. He's going to be pissed. Regals, he's going to be pissed at Regal. Um, I like I like Moxley as the chaser. I think it's like how people would say about Stone Cold, how they always prefer him chase instead of champion. I'm for sure that way with Moxley. Stone Cold, I could make an argument for both. Moxley, I always like him better when he's chasing. So, and I hopefully the back Blackpool Combat Club will get focused with this kind of drive to go take Regal and MGF. And I imagine the firm, I imagine that's just going to be like a ploy that the Blackpool Combat Club goes to attack MGF and Regal, and the firm comes out helps them. It's like, oh, you didn't think so, but we were fooling you. So, I think there's some stuff they can do there. So that was full gear, great show, and that was Travis told you longer than I expected. I guess because there was wrestling pay per view, that's probably why. So next we talk about Survivor. Series. Series, who knows what else, but I promise you it'll not be boring. Thanks for tuning in.